Welcome to Fur What It's Worth. I'm a horrible person. You'd leave stuff laying around? An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choice is. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. What the hell? It's Mumble Day. Yup, roleplay night. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. And dressed up in fetish gear in your muck for tiny sex are your two tiny sex slaves, Rue and Tugs. What? <laughs> I forgot. What? No. Welcome <laughs> to For What It's Worth. This is season six, episode seven. The actual title is an role play thing with stars. Rue bends over and takes it like a. YouTube has just prevented us. Takes it like a bitch. Um... <laughs> Today's topic that's is a weird. That's weird in the fandom, um, and we will introduce our guest, Hayride's Rue, in a minute. <laughs> so before we go, uh, so, you know it's a real, uh, kangaroo. Um, we want to thank Coddle for this episode. Coddle suggested this episode a while back, and I was drinking at the time and I couldn't remember. I was like, "Oh, Coddle said something important," so I had to go back and find it, and then. We made an episode about it. So roleplay. Can you believe we haven't done roleplay yet? No. I, I mean, out of all the episodes that we've done, we have never touched this topic. So guess what, Mr. Hayrider? This is going to be your time to pop its cherry. Oh, man. <laughs> this, can be, this is going to be a raucous, uh, raucous episode. I'm just it's a rock and roll now. episode. Okay, so here's the five minutes of BS. So, Rue. Oh, oh, we have one. We do, and I... Hope I put it on the board, but knowing how it I did, I didn't. I did. Wow. Tumor time. That's right. Nuka Brand Tools proudly presents Tumor Time, now with Tug's Puppy Bear and Rue the Cookie Eating Vulpine. I don't know why that was so quiet. What? Anywho, this is Rue, and it is Tumor Time. So, update for you. Um, I'm currently, I, I went in, talked to the doctor. They prescribe some additional testosterone stuff. Yay! So I get to take some, a um, some, little bit more testosterone, and we'll see how it goes from there. But then they um, notice from my test that my body's not producing growth hormones. Yay! So I get to choose whether or not to take growth hormones. Maybe we should have everybody vote on it. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, that's a great. Way to <laughs> So apparently I'm being told you need to eat that clown nose. Uh, is that better? I don't know. They'll tell us in a minute. So yeah, so you're going to take um, superhuman growth hormones? Yeah, basically. Which will make me grow super big and strong. Stuff like that. I don't know. Mm. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. And my doctor is kind of like on the fence about giving it to me. So therefore I'm on the fence about taking it. So there's a lot of risks that are involved with it versus rewards. So if anybody has any, um, you know, if they've taken it before and they want to tell me ex- their experience, it would be very helpful. But And um, let's see, what else do I have that's going on? I've been playing um, Saints, I mean, not Saints Row, um, Watch Dogs 2, and that's been pretty fun. So I just barely got the new... Um, Dead Rising 4, and I got my little pre-order 
snow globe that has a, a zombie head and a, um, underneath a Christmas tree and wrapped in a little present. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been pretty fun so far. What have you been up to, Mr. Tugs? Um... So many questions I want to ask, but not enough time. Oh, go ahead. Um, okay, so I'm starting off with the last item on here. Uh, yes, guys, I'm not on the camera because I have a display in front of me. That's life. Um, oh, and be the by the way, since we didn't say this and we're also recording it, uh, we are actually broadcasting this on YouTube right now. So if you're catching this later, you missed out. If you're catching this I'm now, sorry. you're not missing out. Yeah, so if you do hear us reference people as if we're in a room with an audience, it's because we have all of like one millionth of a percent of YouTube watching us. Um, anyway, so the thing I was going to rant about. So I really have been enjoying Pokemon Moon, right? Mm-hmm. And I I don't play every Pokemon game. And so I, I, I do assume, like an idiot, that Nintendo's pretty consistent about doing certain things. For instance... I've never had it where I couldn't trade from one of my older Pokemon games to one of the newer Pokemon games without like doing like a DS where you have like the cartridge in one side and the game card in the other. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So I'm like, cool. I happen to have X, which I didn't beat. I want to trade stuff into Moon, which I have beaten. And you have zero way of doing this now. You have to pay Nintendo money to do this. It's like a dollar, isn't it? I don't care. Why are they charging for shit they were not... They weren't charging for this before. You just put it in the Pokemon bank. I'm not paying Nintendo a, a penny to do that. I didn't have to pay before. That's a dollar for a whole year. But it's still stupid. You're right. It, it, I know. It's not about the money. I have the money. It's just the whole... This was free and suddenly you decided to make it not free. Well, it's like PlayStation and Xbox no longer allowing cloud saves. You have to pay for cloud saves or well, something like that. I mean, yes, that you was can. was always a live only thing, though, right? Like it, you have to have. You've always had to have gold to have cloud saves. It's not like. Oh, is that true? Yeah, it's not. Well, like, then there you go. That's that's um, Nintendo's but, gold thing. Nintendo took something that wasn't gold and made it gold. That's not cool. Like, are they going to start charging me to like play Mario Maker now? Like, oh, you you put down a hundred coins, you need to pay another dollar. Like, that's too. I already paid. If they would have put a little sticker on it saying, hey, you actually need to pay to get XY stuff in here, I would have been like, oh, okay, you told me up front. But now I'm finding out. And I'm like, so I stopped playing. Screw this. <laughs> okay, I'm mad. Um, we have someone in our audience asking if they're the only one who's never gotten into Pokemon. No. There is a small child in Ethiopia that is also not into Pokemon. <laughs> Um, other things. Final Fantasy XV is good. I'm enjoying it. It's beautiful looking in HDR. Is it worth it? That is not a question that is a simple yes, no. It's it's a little bit of, do you like those kinds of games? It's kind of like Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy because the Kingdom Hearts team worked on it. it. I'm enjoying it. It's definitely slow. It's not as fast as Kingdom Hearts. There's a lot of grinding stuff, but you're still running around and you can choose what you're doing. I think it's fun. Uh, my my view is watch maybe you know a couple trailers maybe a couple gameplay videos get a feel for it uh, and then go from there. Okay. I like it though. I feel like it was worth the eighty five thousand dollars I spent for it because now there's DLC of course. What do you feel about your new um, Mario 3ds? Well, I Mario Maker a little bit, and it's not a good port. It's, it's not. It's just okay. Like if you just really liked something. Okay, I, I, when I was a kid, I drew Mario levels because I was dumb. 
Uh, but I had fun. I don't care. You can all judge me. Uh, We're all silently kind of judging gone, you. It, it, like, they took out a bunch of little things. Like, I know it's dumb, but I really like the little voice that sings when you put items down and it sings the item name. Gone. Uh, Why? Because memory, I'm guessing. Because because Nintendo loves to not make just new 3DS games. And I'm guessing they probably could have gotten away with it. I don't know. That's a guess. Um, but the biggest thing is the online sucks. Hmm. Like, everyone knew this. But somehow I, I bought it with this hope of, oh, no, it's not going to be that bad. No, it... it, it it sucks. Why didn't they just port YouTube. exactly what, you know? Well, I think the Wii U has just a wee bit more memory. Ha! But, um, I, yeah, I think it's a memory thing. It's mm-hmm. annoying. I think I think I, with your review, I'm fine with just sticking with what I have. But I really like making Mario levels. So, like, when I go traveling tomorrow, I'm going to sit on an airplane and, and look like a dork. Making Mario making levels Mario that levels. nobody will ever play because they don't have the 3DS. You can't version. upload them, right? You can't. You can send them to your friends on Street Pass, but you can't upload them. That's dumb. It is dumb, but you can download Wii U levels. You can still spread the levels. You should be able to upload those 3DS levels that can be ex- played by Wii U players. Like, Right. It it should happen that I way. I hope Nintendo gets clever and patches stuff. I think Nintendo just wants people to spread it like a disease from uh, from 3ds to 3ds. So you have to actually, you know, pass the disease over to the next guy in order to upload it huh. to somebody else. Yep. Uh, Anything else? Um, yeah. So I have updates on Koru. So this is sort of not my stuff anymore. Uh, so, uh, as you know, we did the special release. Um, and that was literally less than 24 hours after Koru attempted to take his own life. Uh, people have been asking how he's doing. He is out of the hospital. He's returned to work. Um, I don't know how much personal details I can share. Um, he is looking into getting some support programs running. Um, those kinds of things. Um, it's, it's just, you know, it's a day at a time for him. Uh, and he, he's going to get stuff figured out, but you know, you can't figure out stuff when you're working and you can't figure out stuff when you're, when you're sleeping. So basically all you have is eating and pooping and that's not a lot of time for most people. So, uh, with the little time he has, he is working on it. Um, thank you for everybody that has sent yes. in messages to us and, um, you know, it was a very hard time for, um, well, especially for Tugs and especially for his his husband. It was hard for all of us. Yeah, it really was. So. Really was. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now Let's... for happy times. I'm so excited. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. <laughs> Yay! So we're still working through the Cards Against Humanity cookies. Yes. By the way, they made a bigger, bigger blacker box. I heard about that. I know, I ordered it. It's, <laughs> I shipped it to the show P.O. box because I'm tired of my stuff being stolen off the porch. You got some more stuff stolen off your porch? Um, It's been going on a lot in the neighborhood lately. So while you're stuffing your face, he see guys, he really eats the cookie. Mm-hmm. You can see him eating the cookie. Thank right you. Now. 
Oh, yeah. See, there we go. Okay. Here. Let's hear it. Dad jokes. I'm you from 14 years in the future. I've risked everything to send you this message. Don't in bed with a cookie. It says don't. Just don't. If if you uh, okay, so if you from 14 years in the future, oh sorry, ha! I'm you from 14 years in the future. I've risked everything to send you this message. Don't in bed with a cookie. All right, everyone, and now we're back. Today's topic is going to be about role-playing. Only role-play, I love playing. Roll, roll, role-play. So, hi, Mr. Guest. How are you doing today? I'm tired. You're tired? Yeah. Eat that, yeah. baby. Eat it. Mm. Eat it. I'm trying. Just it sounds better to me. Stick your mouth right just It's because I turned your gain it. up. Okay. Right here. Your gain has been turned. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Who are you? What do you do? And what is your penis size? Oh, damn. <laughs> so, I'm Hayrider. And what do I do is a really broad question. Um, I work IT. I do a lot of artwork. I play Overwatch. I sleep sometimes. Very little, actually. Um, I don't know what else I can say that I do because YouTube, guys. Okay, well, um, tell us about your persona. Tell us about your... Yeah, you don't ba- ask about rule number one. Jeez. Badonkadonk. Um, so the Badonkadonk was... I thought there was no K on the end. Did the K migrate? It's a, it's a Badonkadon, but everybody says Badonkadonk because it's an established term. Oh. And so when I hear it, especially when I'm running on, I don't know how many hours of sleep, I'm just going to repeat it like other people say it. Um, but it was the result of me changing personas often. Um, and I eventually just decided to stop changing personas and just put everything I like from other species together into a hybrid. And I built this really cool you know, background behind the character later about how he was conceived. Um, but it started out as just me getting sick of people saying, what are you this week? You know? That whole thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm all this crap. I'm a sparkle dog. I'm a sparkle something. But yeah, that's what Hayrider is. So what is what species does he consist of? Um, so his base species is skunk, but he's got traits of bison and horse and dragon and wolf in him too. So it's uh, it's kind of a cluster. Frick. Which part's the and, horse? And, and Slenderman, right? Um, partially the part you're thinking of. And <laughs> oh, so the tail. Okay. Yeah, the tail. The it's tail. got a horse tail. Um, it's actually the hooves. The hooves aren't cloven like uh, bison's. So, yeah, horse. So where does your tentacles come in? You really want... Okay. Yeah, it's a, just say it. So the reason Hayrider is a weird mixed species is because... Um, at a very young age, about eight years old, he was experimented on by an extraterrestrial race. Um, what they do is they have, there's this, uh, it's kind of a parasite. Mm-hmm. And they, 
they introduce it to several different hosts over a course of time to take on traits of species that it's t been a host of, and it passes that on to the next host. Um, so, you know, the tentacles are actually the only, the only part of the parasite that lives inside of Hayrider that it's, it's his organ, it's the parasite's organic tissue. Uh-huh. And that's why they're there, is because he's, there, there's this alien spooky creature lodged in his back. That's where they come from. I never knew that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I could talk you, about do that. Do you have forever. a Sigourney Weaver inside of you, too? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I have her from uh, Cabin in the Woods, though, not, not Alien. Oh, so no, no Ripley. So no. tell us about the last episode that we had you on. Uh, the first suiting episode and the first suiting follow-up, right? So that was my first fursuit. That was my first. I can't talk today. My yeah. first fursuit, yeah. So that was that was like three years ago, something, something. No, it's older than that. Um, so it's it's uh, it was definitely right at the beginning of when we rebooted. Twenty twelve is when I got the suit. So it's been a while since we've had you on wow, here. Oh, that's like five years, right? It's like but, forever. But yep. Oh, wow. No, it's been about four and a half years since the first episode. Awesome. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about role playing, and um, so first of all, let's start out with defining what role playing is. Okay. What do you think? What What would you say the definition of role playing is? To take on a character that isn't necessarily you, or to act out actions that you're not actually doing physically. That's really what role playing is. It's uh, it's. Basically, acting out a pretend universe with somebody else, typically. I mean, you can do it by yourself, but I don't know what the people on the bus are going to think of you if you're doing that. They'll think you're homeless. Yeah, basically transient. <laughs> so, um, that you know, as far as RP goes, as a broad term, I think that's probably most accurate. So, who role plays? Is it only furries? No. No, it's tabletoppers. I mean, people that play Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or various other weird, obscure ones, which people in the chat will probably mention that I'm not going to mention because there's so many of them. Um, so there's that, and then there's LARPing, and then there's actually people who, you know, roleplay as their anime character within the anime community. Roleplay is everywhere. Do they roleplay with the B.O.? I think what you know <laughs> anime community no no no, no, no. I'm uh, gonna say this and I they love, are pretty strong I love you furries and I, I like, like being a furry at the camera but yeah <laughs> but furry cons are always smellier in my opinion really than uh, anime cons are you going to East Coast cons no you, he's he went to thing? he went to anime bonsai the one that we went to the, oh, the one that was further like, confusion you know I went to it, it's mostly been R RMFC and FC. I haven't. So F and C when they're in a name. Yeah. All I can say yeah. is wash your damn bodies. That's all. Wash? Hell yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a crappy ad. <laughs> wash your bodies. <laughs> like it's like a body washing machine. <laughs> but no. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do it. It's also done in a professional world. Um, role playing is a very common form of training for jobs. But in essence, it's acting out a situation that isn't actually happening or as a character that you aren't actually, you know, that's not who you are. So let's put you on the spot then. Good. So, like, what? W how would one 
how would a person start to role play? What what would they do if they wanted to role play? You know, as much as I would like to say just jump into it, I think there is courtesy behind asking somebody if they're interested in role play. Some people only role play with people that they are comfortable with on any level. Um, some people, you know, I- I've talked to way too many people on the internet through Telegram or RF, you know, IRC, those types of platforms that'll just message you and say, you know, something like nuzzles you or pounces or whatever. You know what I mean? So you can start it that way, especially if you're comfortable with somebody. You just jump into the action and, and see if the person you're talking to rolls with it. I didn't do that on purpose, guys. Um, but in general, I think there is definitely a courtesy in maybe not directly saying, hey, would you like to role play with me? Um, but maybe taking a step like, you know, maybe maybe take it slow. You know, maybe role play your actions and not try to interact with the other person and see if they do the same thing. You know, you can usually find out if somebody's interested by not involving them at first and then getting a read for whether or not they're going to participate that way. And don't get offended if they don't want to role play. Oh, don't, please, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Especially while they're working. I love role play. I've been role playing for like 10 years just in the furry community. And I got to say, especially now that I'm getting older and crotchety... Some- <laughs> Sometimes I just don't feel like role playing. I don't, and and people will come up to me and just start with their role play actions, especially people who are really comfortable with me, you know, who know me well. And I have to say, I'm not really feeling it today. I mean, I'm polite about it, but you know, don't they, they don't get offended because it's people that know me. I'm I'm a weird. I'm an odd. I'm a really odd duck anyway, you know. But yeah, don't get offended if people reject your desire to role play. It's not like you're going on a date with them. Uh, I mean, in a way, the role play. in a way, well, yeah. But like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like asking anyone to participate in an activity. You should be able to say, eh, not right now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Except for paying me money, and that's not optional. I okay. <laughs> well, let me just dig into my uh, savings account that doesn't exist. Oh, your money bin. <laughs> so oh. here's the mill. Oh. No, Do you no. have something? No, I was just ready to move on. Okay, well, here's the million-dollar question. Mm-hmm. So why is it that the furry fandom role plays? Rue, are you a fox? Yes. Are you a fox? Nobody. Oh, oh ouch. You're okay. They can, you can edit ouch. that out later. Ouch. No, you're fine. I'm just asking you, you know, you are a person in a professional world. You are a person in your family you're a human being. You cannot be Rue without role-playing. Even if you take it on as a lifestyle and you identify as that character in your life, you're still role-playing that character at a very casual level. Especially, and, and I, I would say it gets a little more formal when you expect people to call you by your character's name all the time. And I used to be like that really hardcore. I don't care anymore, you know? Yeah. You can call me what you want as long as you know who I am. Yeah, so definitely. But yeah, I, I didn't mean to call you out on your actual name. No, I don't. I thought it was. I, a very I really good point. don't care. I think it was a really good point. So 
Yeah. It's, it's not like it's the best kept it's secret. No, it really isn't. And and definitely when I'm at work, I'm not known as Rue. Right. Like people call me by my first name. That's how it should be. And and family settings, that's still very common too. <laughs> the audience is saying they have learned your name of power. Oh. Oh no. Uh. <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the problem is, is they don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, you cast a curse. Yeah, you have a gumball, you know. A bumball. A bumball. All right, a so bumball. here's our first email. <laughs> goodness. We got a lot of email on this topic. We uh, did. Thank you to everyone who's been so very patient with us. Uh, it comes from Anonymous. Anonymous says, hi, everyone. Allow me to mix up the ERP topic a bit to delve deeper after the general discussion of what RP is and what some of our experiences have been. Well, too bad. We're putting you right here. First... Let's establish a hypothetical situation where a furry is in an LTR, long-term relationship, with a non-furry who, though they know they're with a furry, doesn't fully understand the norms or details of what activities happen within the subculture. The furry has an opportunity to RP with friends in the fandom they used to RP with, but it hasn't been done since the relationship began. Within the fandom, I could imagine this being less of an issue, but with an outsider, do you think it could be considered cheating? What about if it's not explicitly sex, but rather kink-related things that would otherwise be unable to be expressed IRL or with that partner, such as TF or inflation? When do you think it's cheating, and when is it not? Have you had any experiences with this, with mates within or outside of the fandom? Discuss. Anonymously, Anon-Mouse. So there are several questions here. Let me recap them. Um, So if they do it with someone because their partner is not a furry, is it considered cheating? Um, it really depends on the intent of what they're trying to accomplish and if they're communicating about it. That's my answer. I agree with you 100%. I think that in any relationship, you need to be able to communicate with your partner. And if you're doing something behind their back without their knowledge, then yes, that is cheating. No matter what it is, especially if it's something that you're engaging with any other person whom you hold any sort of intimacy with from friendship onward, you know? Exactly. They so sh- yeah. that's that's the definition of an open relationship. Open relationship is not only are you open to others, but you're open to your partner in telling them what's going on. It doesn't work otherwise. Yeah, exactly. You're emotionally and physically Unless, open. of course, that you're in the situation that Tugs is kind of, and I'm sorry if I'm bringing you out, if you're in the Tugs, Tugs situation where, you know, his partner doesn't want to know about those things. That's, oh, he, no, no, but we discuss it. Like, it's, it's an awareness thing. It's an awareness, but he doesn't want to know all the nitty gritty details. No, he just watches the videos. Now, for me, in my relationship, he... I he, hope you're kidding right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. He Good. wants to know exactly <laughs> what happened, what happened there. Not not because he, like, wants to know those details, you know. He just wants to know if I'm being safe. And, you know, it. he cares about me enough to ask those questions, so... All right, the next question was, does it change if it's something that couldn't be expressed in real life, such as TF or inflation? Um, I think my answer stands from before. Me too. Yeah, if you're not communicating about what you're doing with the person you are agreeing to enter a communi- you know, a relationship with, then it's still no-go. And you're cheating. Yep. All right. Um the third question I think we've answered is when is it cheating and when is it not? Have you had any experiences with this within uh, with mates within or outside of the fandom? Um, I have. You if know what? Here's here's the real truth. Okay, so yeah. I am past my twenties now. I I'm not as spry as I once was. My my uh, man boobs hang a little lower every day. <laughs> um, 
I've never dated outside the fandom because I knew it wouldn't work. Like, I don't want Mm -hmm. to bother explaining or dealing with that at all. Like, I really don't. Like, I feel like I'm being discriminatory. I felt like it was just like, I don't want to date some mundane and explain to them, well, in my head, I'm this, and this is my ideal self. Screw that. We're just, we're we're going to step two. Yeah. No, I 100% understand where you're coming from. Every single relationship that I have, as far as, you know, sexual or, um, you know, different things like that, they're usually furries, you know? I mean, other than that, they're my coworkers that I communicate with. I I don't have very many non-furries. I have high school buddies that are pretty amazing people. Um, that I hang out with, but some of whom are furries, by the way. Yes, most of them turned into furries <laughs> before you. Actually, uh, oddly enough, we didn't know about Rue until later. I'm, anyway, anywho, he's got, he was looking at naughty things. All right, our next email. Hey, well, what what about hey? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's Hey's turn. Oh, I didn't know if Hey had a response, so go ahead and email. Read the email. Addie's email. Okay, cool, Addie. Hey, y'all. It's Addie. I'm really happy you're doing an episode on roleplay because my relationship with roleplay is a little complicated. I haven't roleplayed seriously in about two years, but I have these wonderful memories of my old online roleplay on this old and no longer existent brony chat site called Cloudsdale with my roleplaying buddies and the dozens of characters I had all interwoven into this world. We had this huge world with all sorts of lore, and history, and characters. Of course, it was a complete mess because we just did whatever we wanted. There were humans, furries, ponies, Pokemon, and just about any other fan base you could think of. This was also where I first learned about furries beyond just the base knowledge that they're weirdos that pretend to be animals. I didn't have any interest at the time, uh, but my furry friend Frost sparked the flame that would uh, one day become my love for all things fur. I did whatever I did, however, drift away from all those friends. I miss them and the good times we had together. I haven't found a closer group of friends on or offline, but I've sure as hell tried. I've only tri- I've only tried roleplay a, a few times since then, sexual ones that I got nothing from, since me and the other person weren't on the same page about what we wanted. I hope that one day, I hope to one day get back into the chaotic roleplay where there's no rules, but it's but it's hard to find, especially in a tight group like this. But there's a certain magic and carefree feeling I want to capture again. Thank you guys for keeping my life furry. I appreciate you, Addie. You get privilege of first response. Privilege. That's what it is. You get to work harder. I'm just kidding. You? Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, so I can see where you're coming from, mostly because uh, when I was growing up in high school, I was probably the only furry in school. Uh, there were a lot of, like, otaku anime fans. There were a lot of them. My Little Pony didn't exist yet other than the old 80s thing. Do you know this is, like, I think Gen 5? It's never not existed since yeah, it started. Yeah, well, I mean... The bronies didn't exist. Nobody identified as a pony or a brony, you know? It was just something little girls collected at the time. So it wasn't part of this roleplay community. 
But I remember Therians, when I first got into furry, Therians were very, very dense. I feel like there were a lot of Therians 10 years ago, which are people who religiously you know, practice furry, who believe that there's a spiritual side to it, and they, they're religious about it. But between the Therians I knew, you know, being the furry I was and the otakus I knew, we had this weird you know, symbiotic relationship of, of role-playing as, as our characters or whatever online usually. I mean, we joke around about it in real life. I have found closer relationships, but I've always been really good about putting myself out there. I'm not a very shy person, and I can understand if you're a shyer person and, and you know, not as comfortable socializing with people you don't know very well, having a hard time finding a, another close circle like that. Um... But I don't know, as far as breaking this whole thing down, I think what it comes down to is, uh, you know, it's, it's great that you had a close group of people, and it was great that it had variety. I think you can get that back. If the variety is important to you, you just need to meet people through people. If it's not as important and you just want the closeness, I think as long as you're actually making a pretty good effort to be social with people and not worrying about people judging you, and that's really hard, I get it you're going to find a close-knit group of people. Finding both might be difficult. So there was a, a line in here about um, there's a certain magic and carefree feeling I want to capture again. Uh, I, I feel like there's a word of caution that goes there. I remember back when I was young and lawyers were my friends um, that uh, I role-played, and it was really exciting and new, and I got to try all these new things. And as time has gone by, I mean, yeah, who doesn't hug and scratch? And occasionally, I still role play. Um, but the the novelty was a huge thing, and that and that made it feel magic and carefree. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is, it's probably not always going to feel like that. But that doesn't mean you should do it. Just have accurate expectations from from the professionals. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I should have said something like that. Yep, Rue. I don't have any comment. Well, that's a great way to go to break. But I love you guys. Huh. Can you play Careless Whisper on this break? Uh, maybe. Do it. All right, we're going to break. Hailing Frequencies Open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Saturday, December 10th, here are your space headlines. On December 1st, a Soyuz U launched to carry Progress MS-04 to the ISS. It was going to be a standard unmanned resupply with capacity for reboosting the station. Unfortunately, there was a problem with the third stage of the rocket and the vehicle re-entered the atmosphere before it could complete its first orbit. This is similar to the failure that occurred in April of 2015. It was also the second to last flight of the Soyuz U, soon to be replaced with the Soyuz 2. There's another progress flight scheduled in February of 2017, that will be MS-05. As of right now, the ISS is in no immediate danger of running out of supplies or seeing its orbit degrade to dangerous levels. Here's hoping Roscosmos can correct the issue for the last flight of the Soyuz U. Virgin Galactic is making progress in getting back on track with their Spaceship 2 program. The VSS Unity passed a glide test on December 3rd. The White Knight 2, its mothership, carried it to an altitude of almost 17 kilometers and released it. This came after four captive carry tests where White Knight 2 flew it but never released it, largely due to wind speeds exceeding test parameters. The Unity successfully glided back to the runway and landed safely. No word yet for when the next test will be or when powered flight will be tested. More details have been released, however, regarding the accident that destroyed the VSS Enterprise, the first Starship 2. 
More details have been released, however, regarding the accident that destroyed the VSS Enterprise, the first Spaceship 2. Look for those details in the next Committed to Launch. India recently put their new Earth monitoring satellite, ResourceSat 2A, into orbit. It was launched on top of their workhorse booster, the PSLV, or Polar Satellite Launch Vehicle. Launch occurred on Wednesday, December 7th, and marks the third launch for the Indian space program, a record year for them. ResourceSat is going to give the nation a way to map out natural resources, how they're being used, how human development spreads into undeveloped areas, and even help the country respond to natural disasters. Congratulations to India for continuing to make progress. I can't wait to see how they expand further. SpaceX recently announced that they would be returning to flight on December 16th, but that's been pushed back to as early as early January. Engineers from the ground crew are still wrapping up their investigation of the September 1st explosion. While I'm disappointed that they won't be getting back to flight before the end of the year, I can understand the call for caution and wanting to make sure everything is in order before flying again. I'd rather see them get it right, even if it takes a little longer, than rush and risk losing another rocket and payload. And I'm sure Iridium, the customer flying on this one, is eager to make sure it's a success. A little bit later the same day as India's launch, the US military launched their most capable communication satellite to date. The WGS-8 was launched on top of a Delta IV Medium Plus in the 5-4 configuration. That means there was a single common core booster from the Delta IV family with a 5-meter fairing and four solid strap-on motors. The COM satellite is headed for geosynchronous orbit over the Indian Ocean and is nearly double the capacity of its sister satellite, the previous one in the series. And of course, since it's a Delta IV, it set itself on fire the minute the engines lit, as it always does. That's what makes this one of my favorites to watch. It burns and scorches itself and then kind of lumbers off the pad as if to say, yeah, I set myself on fire and I don't really care. Go check out the footage. It's always quite a sight to see. Japan recently launched their HTV unmanned resupply vehicle from Tanegashima Space Center atop an H-2B on December 9th. It'll spend a few days catching up to the station as it gradually increases its orbit, then makes a slow approach before being grappled by the Canada Arm 2, then berthed to the station. Named Kunatori 6, the sixth flight of the HTV, all successful, it's carrying just over four metric tons of supplies, science, and other materials to the ISS. It's also carrying some new lithium-ion batteries to replace the old nickel-hydrogen ones. These are lighter and more efficient, replacing the aging ones. It's always good to see the white stork, which is what Kunotori means, spread its wings and fly. SpaceX has been having a bit of a rough time of it as of late. Because of the delays in their launch schedule, made worse by the September 1st loss of the Ammo 6 mission, Inmarsat has decided to pull their payload from the company's launch manifest. This is significant, but not altogether unexpected, as it was set to be one of the first flights on the Falcon Heavy. Development delays have kept SpaceX from demonstrating the heavy lift rocket's capabilities, but it is still scheduled for the maiden flight, with no payload, sometime in mid-2017. Inmarsat has opted to go with a similar capacity vehicle, the Ariane 5, which will launch from French Guiana. Here's hoping SpaceX can get back into their launch habit and not lose any more customers. Finally, some sad news for fans of the space program, especially the early days. On Thursday, December 8th, John Glenn, the first American to orbit the Earth, passed away at the age of 95. He was a remarkable man with a quick wit and warm sense of humor with a distinguished career that began as a fighter pilot in World War II. He went on to fight in the Korean War as well before becoming a test pilot, which opened the door for him to become one of the Mercury 7, the seven astronauts that had been selected to be part of the Mercury program. With his passing, all seven of those pioneers have passed into history. His first flight was his only one before resigning from the space program because of his age. From there, he moved on to politics, eventually becoming senator for the state of Ohio, where he served for 25 years, retiring in 1999. 
Before he retired, he got to claim another first in space flight as being the oldest person to fly in space. On October 28, 1998, STS-95 launched, carrying the Senator into orbit aboard the shuttle Discovery. Some saw it as nothing more than a publicity stunt, but NASA used the opportunity to examine how spaceflight and microgravity affects the elderly. He was a truly remarkable man with a remarkable career, and he will be missed dearly. The call-out of ground control moments before his famous Mercury flight have become a hashtag on Twitter, wishing the pioneering astronaut safe and serene travels into whatever comes next. That's all we've got for you this time. For more on space and space-related matters, check out the social media for all the agencies and companies mentioned. And don't forget to check out my long-form podcast, Committed to Launch, at committedtolaunch.com and at launchcommit on Twitter. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans, and Godspeed, John Glenn. Hi, this is Lumio doing an ident, and you're listening to For What It's Worth. And welcome back, everybody! What? What's your problem? What? Why are you laughing? I I keep reacting to your cut sound. Oh. Like it keeps hitting me in the face. Oh, (laughs) well. Just because I'm tired. Okay, well, it's that time of the show. This episode of For What It's Worth has sold out yet again. Today, we'd like to thank Oaken, who's currently with us on the YouTubes. Oaken, thank you for contributing to our weird communism. When you need it fast, call Oaken. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. All of you who give us a couple bucks, it's actually accumulating, and soon we will buy Nuka a mic. One day. One day. Here's my my contribution here. Oh, we got a Jolly Rancher. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a For What It's Worth sticker that says, I love burying my bone. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Please. You were for Idaho. Yeah, like for, yeah, holy shit, 2013? Yeah. Damn. We sold those stickers there. All one of them. The rest are sitting around. No one even wants them on Patreon. That's <laughs> true. Bury your bone. Um, we do. Okay, so someone's asking, are there any Russian furs who uh, hate that sound? Uh, the one Russian fur that I know for sure is Russian uh, has no problem with it. So. You know what? I don't think that we've ever really, I mean, except some some people. I don't feel like that we've really offended anybody. Because of sounds that we've played and yeah, guess that sound. All right, <laughs> what? Jello is, through a is that our is that our new segment? Um, although our listeners at home didn't hear it, you'll hear it in post. Thanks, Lumio, for the ident. Yes, thank Lumio you so much for sending didn't that. Didn't pay to, to Patreon, but got his name on the show. What? <laughs> We're out of idents. Oh, okay. We need well. more. Yes, please send us more idents. Now we have an audio file. Do you want to give that audio file to us? No. Um, I will stall for you. No, I got it. I got it. Here we go. Hello, peeps. I apologize for the sniffing in advance. I have an awful cold right now. Um, any of you who know me will probably know me as Miski the Chinchilla, but the reason I wanted to contribute to the topic of role-playing is my other persona, Miss Hyde. 
When I was at university, before I found the furry fandom, I played Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games um, with my housemates mostly. We'd spend whole days pretty much um, role-playing, which is awesome, um, uh, but I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> um, anyway, my first ever character was a were-tiger rogue called Sylvia, um, and she was essentially just me because uh, I wasn't particularly good at acting like different characters. Um, and so 90% of my role-playing characters um, throughout my life have been anthropomorphic animals. Uh, things like Tengu, were-tigers, uh, cat folk, all those kind of things, basically. Um, in Skyrim, I chose to be, uh, what do you call them? Lizard people. Uh, Argonian? Yeah, that one. Anyway, uh, when I discovered the furry fandom, suddenly I realised that I'd basically found my people, because I'd been drawing anthropomorphic animals and role-playing as them and dressing as them, um, cosplaying, um, for years and years. Um, so, when that happened, Sylvia underwent some major changes and eventually she became Miss Hyde so uh, one of my personas actually from role playing um, in fact my other one Porphyra she is also from uh, Fercadia uh, the video the online game um, and I never really got into that but I created Porphyra um, um, like originally just to play as in that game um, and she's changed as well, I suppose. So that's my kind of contribution. Um, I hope it fits to the topic. I know it's not about RPing in chats and stuff, um, and it's not to do with like anything sexual. Um, but I will say Miss Hyde is a bit yiffy, so <laughs> that's why she had to change her name um, originally because. I actually have a friend in real life who's called Sylvia, and I didn't really want to make the mental association between those two. So, hope it's a good show. Looking forward to listening to it. Bye! Because all roleplay must be sexual. Uh, it does, actually. <laughs> Every single furry mm-hmm. roleplay out there. Has to have some sort of sexual thing involved in it. So, oh, well, so therefore, you know what? I don't think that you've ever ever had role, role played before. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sending that in. Like, literally, we love those audio files. So please continue to like for everybody. Continue to send them in, and maybe think about instead of sending it to us in email format, send it to us in audio file because. Frankly, I think that people get bored of me listening to me, these two lips fapping. I don't think it's bored. Your lips fap? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I don't think it's bored. You don't think it's bored? No. Okay. No. What? No. No. Oh. I think it's uh, other things you do when you read. What is it? So, thanks for the, not I don't, thanks for the audio. Man. You're just not. No, here you today. know what it is. Okay, I'm interrupting. It's, it's because the you're do- doing too many things. No, no, today. no, 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 no. That's not what it is. Okay, He's a scat man. <laughs> <laughs> no, the real reason is because 
I had to go and get a white elephant gift at 5.30 in the morning, which is usually when I'm just going out the door to work. Uh-huh. And I went to Starbucks like an idiot because Beans and Brews wasn't open. Beans and Brews being our local coffee house. And I don't know if they just burned the water extra hard or what, but I didn't finish my coffee and I have not felt normal all day <laughs> because of it. So it's not that I'm looking at things on here. I'm I watching. You go to Madeline's. You, you're th- over there. I can't. Why? Because they treat their employees poorly. <gasps> so, all right, let's go back to role playing. I'm going to role play like I didn't just do that. Um, our next email is from Coddle. Coddle, the originator of the episode topic, says, Hello, Coddle here, Floridian bat, writer, and caffeine addict. Now, is a Floridian bat a type of bat, or does that mean you're from Florida? I'm immensely pleased to see you guys doing this episode. Well, I wonder why. I brought it up in the Telegram chat a while ago and was elated to see Tugs take an interest. I'm just going to stop for a second. Hmm. All right, one of the things I love about the show. <laughs> It's how connected it is to the community and feedback. Hmm. You should donate to our Patreon. In any case, what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> wow. I don't know. Are you, are you like the screeny little, like, I want to buy Nuka a mic. I really am done post-processing his stuff. In any case, <laughs> onto the topic at hand. Scrooge McTugs. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Scrooge McTugs. On to the topic at hand. RPing is one of the things that got me into the fandom to start with, actually. I think it's an important tool for making friends slash finding others that share one's interests. I only joined the fandom in about 2010 in a large rush of new furs that came in, embarrassingly, with the MLP craze, among other things. There's now two bronies that have written on. I'm not into it so much anymore, but I stay steadfastly furry. In any case, I know that my backstory is out of the way. Uh, now that my backstory is out of the way, on to the topic at hand. I got into my start into the fandom as a writer. See, it's the coffee. I take writing commissions on FA and have written my 105th story sometime this month, possibly at the time of broadcast. I wonder if that meant YouTube or release. I think that's what RPing is when you get down to it. Collaborative storytelling. That in a way to slip the surly bonds of reality and sharing something that it would be impossible to achieve within the parameters of the real world which is really what stories are for to start with. More than that, it allows for us to slip into their characters in a casual, near-daily capacity and to make friendships and bonds with the characters they put so much time and effort into. In type, you could be someone else for a little while. It's a lovely feeling, and I think that since furry is escapism, roleplay is one of the better tools to achieve this for those who can't afford or are disinclined towards suits and cons. I ran a Tumblr blog about the ins and outs of RPing. There's an address. And I've seen many friendships flourish from the practice. My main tip to anyone getting into RPing is to find someone whom you're in balance with. RPing is writing. And any level of writing talent you have is fine, whether it's one sentence or five paragraphs. But finding a person with whom you match stylistically and lengthwise can be a major boon. Also, what are you looking for in an RP? Long-term storytelling? One-night stands? Adventure? Fantasy? Pure kinkery? All important questions to ask. Find out what the person you're peeing with is comfortable with and go forth and have fun. Anyway, I've rambled long enough. As a question to our host for the evening, do you RP? If so, what platforms do you prefer? What do you recommend? And would you say it's an important part of your furry life? Thanks for the lovely show, Coddle. <sighs> okay, I'm not answering first. Hey, take I'll answer wood. first. No. Okay, you answer first. Why? He said, you said you would. Okay. Fine, whatever. All right, so... Uh, yes, I role play. 
There's a couple people that I roleplay with, but it's very few and far between. And I try to keep my roleplays. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I, I'm not the greatest writer. And so, therefore, I mean, I do like to roleplay, but I'm really, really slow in my responses. So I guess that's why I don't do it a lot, because it takes my whole evening. It takes a long time. I can't just, like, write something out really, really quick. It's just... It's so hard, and I, I don't want to sit here with Siri saying, Mmm. <laughs> he, he, he pats his little paws across your your chest, and oh I don't God, know. <laughs> Siri, tell the person with a little star around each end that I have just removed my pants and I'm waiting to give them little kisses. No, but my uh. my favorite <laughs> role playing would have to be be it would have to be in Second Life. There was this individual named his name is Fox Jen, and he's really into to Second Life. In fact, I believe he's still on there. But he role plays as this little feral fox, and he just um, it was just so much fun to just role play with him as another feral fox, and um, it was like that that would probably be my most my best experience there was nothing sexual it was just two foxes going around like simply pushing a ball around that that that's that's all we were doing and it was the best thing in the whole entire world do you rp tugs um not as much as i used to really no i I used to have like someone and we it was amazing and it was of course naughty rp like was it a caretaker? No, no, it was just general kinkery, um, you know. And that was before I had access to actual penises. Um, <laughs> and now that I have gotten actual penises, um, and I found ones that are better than the thirty-day trial, it's actually I don't RP as much because I think some of that energy is dispelled other places. Um, and also. I am a grown-ass adult, and I have a job, and I can't sit around working on my RP stats all day. I've actually got to make money. That's really the truth. I can't stare at my phone like I used to when I'm working. I've got too much to do. Mm -hmm. And when I come home, the last thing I want to do is stare at more screens, even though I'm staring at one right now. And, you know, do that. I mean, I love it. It's fun, and I understand it and miss it. But I don't have the time. I do if I have the time, but that's rare. What about yourself, Mr. Hay? Hell yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I still RP quite a bit. Um, I would say not as much lately. Insomnia is a bitch, and I haven't really had my muse ever since I haven't been sleeping well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a pet, and I RP with my pet fairly often. It's purely an RP relationship, and that's another cool thing about RP, is you can have these relationships as long as your partners know about it, and you let them know exactly where it starts and ends. Um that's really cool. But yeah, so I still RP. I enjoy RPing. It's usually sexual, but sometimes it's just like, you know, good morning cuddle stuff. It's awesome. And that is, that's the best, it, you're right, most affordable form of escapism for furries. And really what got me into it. Fursuits right? w- were not even interesting to me for like three years. Uh. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's. It's really what takes hold of you. If you have the imagination to to get into role play at any level, it's really what pulls you into the fandom. I think it really makes it, those first like 
honeymoon years of being in the fandom. I don't know a better term for it. Oh, that's like the best term. It's, it's exactly like that. The it's, honeymoon years. It's like butterflies, you know? Right, and then you turn into a dusty lamp in the corner. God damn it. All of us. <laughs> it's me. We do. We just look at the crowds of them and we're like, oh. I'm like, I'm like guys, you're still no naive. <laughs> I, remember, I remember the double tree. That's really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's where I met you. Hell yeah. The double tree. Yeah. Yeah. California. Anyway. Way back when the internet was still 56k. Yep. I'd rather have a good story than the penises or a vagina's kiss. You, That's what someone just chatted. You remember um, when we were in a and d group not too long ago? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about it? That was fun. Role play. Roll Is that the, Dungeons roll, and Douchebags? Roll the D20s. What? Is that Dungeons and Douchebags? Well, some of us. Uh, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Kura's cool. <laughs> Kura's cool. <laughs> just with it's like going, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew. <laughs> For those that don't know, Kura. Oh, it's he just barely. Oh, yeah, he just barely messaged me. Kura's your second, right? No, he is my first. I don't know. But I know that it's time for Hatery Charleston's email. Oh, oh transition. Let's see. That was such a good segue. Let's I loved it. It's a, it's a segue. It's a segue. All right, segue. Charleston. Let's see if I do your email justice. I like how his name was on the bottom of one page. I like how, as I'm about to read it, I'm going to imagine him doing the Charleston the whole time. He's a rat, too, so I imagine a rat. That's adorable. <laughs> Dear Rue Tugs. Etc. Who's etc.? That's my new name. Etc. Etc. Badonkadon. It's been a while since I wrote a letter to you guys, and I hadn't realized your next topic of discussion was going to be the weird and wonderful world of roleplay. So I said, what the hey, and decided to write you back a quick little something. Ever since I joined the fandom almost two years ago, one thing I never expected get to get into but surprisingly have enjoyed since doing so is RPing. The friends I'd make via for affinity would be uh, would use the occasional squeak or bark or hugs in asterisks, <laughs> but I'd never go to go into anything advanced. Over time, as we learned about each other's hobbies and interests, we tended to get more advanced with our RPs and essentially became its own hobby. And by the by far the most common form of advanced RP is transformation, where one or more of us would become another animal and take on that, both that animal's physical and uh, physical characteristics and personality. But we do have to ask ourselves, what does RP actually do in the fandom? Well, my argument is that the fandom wouldn't really exist if it wasn't for RP, or at least RP was one of one part of the seed to the fandom that made it grow into what it is today. Whilst it's not something every fandom member does, by far the most famous aspect of the fandom is fursuiting, and if you ask me, that's essentially a public form of roleplay. Once somebody dons the fluff, there's no lo they're no longer themselves, and begin to walk, talk, and act like whatever species they, they're dressed as. The same goes for those in the fandom who are into performing arts. If I used two of the rant, two, if I used two of the ranting Griffin as an example, 
<laughs> I got. I know, guys. That's not a good uh, example. Uh, I'm just gonna cut my heart out right now and stomp it on the ground. No, it's okay. <laughs> let me let me keep reading. Okay. He might have a good point. Um, as much as his stage persona be based on his real thoughts and opinions, it's still a stage persona, regardless. Uh, it's still a stage persona, regardless, used to heighten his comedy act. And, of course, just about any form of literature involves the author taking on the personality of a character, even if they're not the lead. Even if a furry doesn't RP in any way themselves and merely just says they enjoy the art form, there's, a little, denying, there's little denying that that form of art, in one way or another, has stemmed from role-playing. So if you ask me, I find the RP... I find RP in a really bizarre way to be the essential part of the fandom. It's not something we're obligated to do, of course, and I know plenty of furry friends aren't into it. But for as long as there are people pretending to be animals, there will always be a fandom which they can call home. Hopefully that isn't too preachy. Colin P. Squeaks Charleston. P.S. Sorry for any typos or sentences that don't make sense. I wrote this in an almighty rush. It's okay. I'm actually really good at filling in the gaps. It wasn't bad. You're fine. So you're the first batter up. Um, to say it's the most essential part of the fandom, um, I will only say that's valid because you made the point that a writer needs to take on the traits of their characters. There have been... Writings about um, anthropomorphic characters for probably centuries. Yeah, centuries, probably at this point. Um, but, you know, it was. I think it was mostly comics. I think it was mostly, you know, motion pictures. I think it was um, books. And I guess because you mentioned that writing takes, you know, a certain amount of role play... That, yeah, I mean, it's essential, but not because it's the essential part, but more because I feel that writing is the essential part, and I think writing, you know, relies on role play a little bit. Um, but I think it's awesome. I think all of your points about it being great and what it does are totally valid, and I don't disagree with any of those. Well, just real quick, um, one point that you basically said that hit home to me was the whole fact of um to to me i almost feel like um when you go throughout life you have all these different types of masks that you put on and when you go to work you're not acting the same exact way as you are at home no. you know you don't respond to the same exact things the exact same way because you can't you have to fit this particular mold that they want you to be well, yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. you have to do some form of role playing. If you're at, um, you know, somebody's house that you don't really like, you have to do some form of role playing. When you're hosting a podcast show with a whole bunch of people that are watching you on the internet, fapping to you, um, and that are naked in their room, um, you know, th those particular people, um, you know, you have to you have to put a mask on. So, final thoughts, Mister Hayrider. Wait. Never mind. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I uh, know. I'll, I'll make it my no final tugs. thought. I'll make it my final thought. We're okay. Good. We're good. We're all good here. How are you? What are your final thoughts about um, the topic, about role playing? The topic in general or this email? 
the topic both. in general? Do both. For sure. So <laughs> um, I think role play was really important to me. I think role play is very important to some people. Uh, I don't think everybody identifies everything they do as a furry as a form of role play. And they might treat role play as a form of art. And they might treat, uh, you know, writing as, as a form of art. It's, it's, it's not that universal. I do, however, think that it's important to a lot of people. And I think it holds a lot of people's attention in the fandom. Um, but to say it's the most important, I think, is inaccurate. And I think a lot of people grow out of it and still stick around with the fandom. Um, while it may be a core thing that brought them into the fandom, I, I don't think that it is the glue. I don't think it's the bond. What would you say is the bond? Honestly, just an appreciation for the setting or plot of anthropomorphic characters existing and interacting at any level. Like I said, it came from literature at first came from comics at first. Um, it came from movies at first. You have to appreciate that. And if you can appreciate that, and, you know, at any level, of course, it goes all the way up to the dirty stuff, you know, that's what holds the fandom together. And, uh, you know, I think role play is part of that for some people. Final thoughts, Mr. Tugs? Role play. Okay, so the fandom didn't necessarily start directly off role play, but in its current state, and as long as I've been participating in it, fan or role play is probably the core tenant of what makes this fandom go. We're all engaged in a certain level of role play. We don't have to sit down at a keyboard to make that happen, you know. But we are all in, we have all had this contract to see each other a certain way. That mm -hmm. is by definition role play, right? Um, so it is is probably the foundation of what the fandom is built on today. So it's a huge deal, and I'm still really ashamed that it took us six seasons to figure out that we hadn't done this topic. <laughs> All right, you've got 30 seconds. Role-playing is amazing, and I think it's fun to explore your character, create stories about your character excel you know, itself. I mean, Rue wouldn't pee fire, love cookies, be the be the persona that he or be the person that he is or that I am um, without exploring and without role playing. So um, continue to do it and be safe. In the name, no. <laughs> <laughs>
Transportation is the extent to which people become absorbed in the narrative in the world itself. If you create an interesting, compelling, internally consistent world, and you imbue it with an interesting narrative, people will tend to suspend disbelief in the non-reality of this fictional world. In other words, they won't question or challenge it if it's interesting. And as people become transported, they passively accept the world and the events playing out in it. The more compelling the story is, the more interesting the world is, the more people tend to forget about the real world. According to Talor and Cohen, transportation plays a big part in whether or not we enjoy a piece of fiction. If we can't get into the story, and we constantly find ourselves thinking, oh, this couldn't possibly happen, we're a lot less likely to enjoy the experience. But there's more to enjoying a piece of fiction than just being transported into the world. Researchers believe that identifying with characters in fictional worlds also matters a lot. It's the difference between being a passive observer of a story and experiencing it yourself. So what does it mean to identify with a fictional character? Can we really do this without developing amnesia and forgetting who we are in the real world? Well, yes and no, according to Talor and Cohen. While we don't consciously change our identity and become fictional characters, we do incorporate or merge aspects of those characters into our own identity. We share those characters' knowledge about the world, we share their goals and they become our goals, and we share their emotions. We cry at their pain and we share in their joy. We never completely lose ourselves, but we do become a lot less self-aware. So what makes us identify with characters? Well, a good backstory for starters. When we know what makes a character tick, it's easier to understand their goals and to adopt them for ourselves. We also tend to like characters who align with our own morals and ethics. It's easier to identify with a good and likable character than it is to identify with an evil or immoral character. When a character pursues goals that we agree with, we can root for them and make those goals our goals. Interactivity can also play a big part in identifying with characters. For example, in a 2007 study by German researchers Hefner, Klimt, and Vorderer, the researchers had people play the video game Battlefield 2 or watch gameplay of Battlefield 2. What they found is that people who played the game identified with the main character more than people who watched the game being played. Players were also more likely than watchers to describe themselves as being heroic, courageous, and powerful like the soldiers. And, like with transportation, the more people identified with a character in a story, the more they tended to enjoy it. Now, let's apply all of this research to something fairly relevant to the furry fandom. Role-playing. Role-playing is like other forms of fiction in that it involves the creation of a narrative within a fictional world. So let's ask ourselves why furries might enjoy role-playing. Well, for starters, role-playing can be a highly transporting experience. Role-playing that involves sexual content, for example, is probably going to be pretty appealing to most people. In most cases, adding sex to a narrative makes it easy to pay attention to and lose yourself in. But even when it comes to non-sexual role-play, there's plenty of reason for furries to find these fictional worlds intriguing. They're usually worlds inhabited with anthropomorphic animals. In these fictional worlds, unlike the real world, anthropomorphic animals exist, an idea that's very appealing to most furries. As such, a lot of furries find it easy to transport themselves mentally into these kind of worlds, and probably don't spend a lot of time saying, 
wait a minute, this couldn't happen in real life. It's wishful thinking, and it's one of the things that makes role-playing so enjoyable for furries. It's really easy to let yourself be transported into a furry-themed world. Role-playing is also appealing for the second reason we discussed, identification. In most role-playing activities, people create or use their own characters. This means that it's very easy to identify with characters in this fictional world. Not only is role-playing itself interactive, where you're literally in control of your character's actions, but the character itself is an extension of you, meaning you've already imbued this character with your own thoughts, emotions, goals, and desires. And so this combination of a highly transportable world with interactive and easy-to-identify characters makes role-playing a highly enjoyable fantasy activity for many furries. The take-home message is this. It's easy to trivialize fantasy and fiction because their content isn't real. And because of this, most of us probably don't spend a lot of time thinking about why we find these activities enjoyable. But every so often, it's worth taking a moment to appreciate what makes these activities so great for us. Stop and think about just how compelling a world like Zootopia is, or how easy it is to relate to your favorite fictional character. Thinking about these things can also help us be better critics. When we dislike a story or a movie or a video game, but can't quite put our finger on why, think about whether or not you found yourself questioning basic aspects of the fictional world, or whether you found it hard to relate to any of the characters. Chances are, one or both of these things is true, and played a role in why you didn't enjoy the experience. This has been a quick look at the psychology of fiction and role-playing. I'm Dr. Nuka, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Get Psyched. Fifty sheds of micro penis. What? How's this work? You know why people like having sex with midgets? Their small hands make your dick look so big. It's true. Look that up on the internet. It's why. It's why everybody wants a hand job from Donald Trump. Small hands. It's true. Fifty Sheds of Grey, the furry edition. Season 2. We're still not getting paid. Let's skip to some dialogue this time. Stand up, he orders, and I shakily get to my feet. Why is she shaky? We're not really so... Oh, now I can feel them, sort of. He grasps my hips grasps my hip grip. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the drinking dame continues. Anytime I can't pronounce the sentence, feel free to take a shot. If you're in Utah, feel free to finish the bottle. They're small anyway. They only give you these little micro shots, right? I mean, it's like you go to ask for a 40. They're like, 40 what? I can get more Dimatap than I can booze. You okay? He asks, his voice stern. Yes, my answer is feather soft. Turn around. I turn and face him. This is so sexy. I'm just saying. Now remember, when I read this next sentence, this is a man and a woman. 
However, the author wasn't thinking that when she or he or it wrote this story. The balls pull downward, and involuntarily I clench around them. The feeling startles me, but not in a bad way. How does that feel? Strange. Strangely written or strange bad? Sorry, I'll reread that last line. Strange good or strange bad? Wow, this is just so erotic. I'm telling you. I just want to grab it by the cat. Strange good, I confess, blushing. Good. There's a trace of humor lurking in his eyes. I want a glass of water. Go and fetch one for me, please. Wow, because, you know, there's nothing sexier than in the middle of apparently what I can only assume is her, like, sucking his balls into her gearbox or something. I'm not sure. What's going on here? And when you come back, I shall put you across my knee. Think about that, Anastasia. I feel that we're all being punished for this. You're... You're really not paying me for this. But there is at least booze. Just remember that. If these aren't as funny as the last time, then you just realize there's not enough liquor in the world to make this book any good. listening to For What It's Worth, brought to you by the For What It's Worth brand anti-anxiety cudgel. When you need to beat the crap out of your angst, think For What It's Worth. The election is over. Thank God the election is over. No more rallies. No more commercials. No more campaigning. We can all go back to caring about the latest episode of The Adventures of Remington Cole, the best radio drama on the air. But what's that? Who did you say was elected? Well now, I can see why you might be a little nervous. In times like this, I reached for the For What It's Worth brand anti-anxiety cudgel. It's compact, easy to wield, works well for those who are right-handed and the foul scourge of the earth that insist on using the wrong hand, and can be self-administered or with the assistance of another. Simply grip the cudgel in your hand, swing while aiming for the face, and enjoy several minutes of blissfully serene unconsciousness. The newest model even comes with a photograph of your preferred candidate for you to attach to the end so that they're the last thing you see before you feel the sweet embrace of cold, dark nothingness. If you're not seeing stars, then you're not doing it right. Repeat as needed. The For What Is Worth brand anti-anxiety cudgel even works for non-political issues. Is the wife nagging you about taking out the trash? Why not relieve her stress with a good swing? Boss giving you grief over low sale numbers? Why, he'll be worry-free in no time. It also serves as a sleeping aid, and don't worry, it's completely non-habit forming. The For What It's Worth brand anti-anxiety cudgel. Try it out on the kids. And now for today's secret code. 19, 1, 22, 5, 21, 19, 2, 5, 18, 14, 9, 5, Good luck. Everybody jumped. Everybody jumped. Yay! To the left.
to the right. And right. now it is time for the game. The game. Oh, I'm so excited. All so right. it is your first fursuit. That's the title of your game. Oh. Instructions. You have a fursuit. And you came on this very show to share your experience. Let's relive your memories on the uh, power of trivia. One correct answer is one point, and one incorrect answer costs you a point. Huh? Yeah, he can lose points. So it's Don't go negative. I think I know what's going on here. All right, you ready? Yep. Okay. Question one. What is Shaquille O'Neal's birthday? Uh, Kwanzaa. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what season and episode number is your special? Um, season two, episode something. Special. Well, guess oh, a number. Oh, it is special. It's special. Yeah? Hey, that should... Guess a number. Um, I don't know. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. That's a lot of episodes. I don't care. (laughs) No, his questions are offset. Oh. Okay. So it's season two. Um, season. I mean, sorry, special five. (laughs) I need to put X. Yeah. Hey, I got the season right. Yeah, it was season two. All right, you ready? Question three. How many movies has Shaq appeared in? Um, three? Is that your final answer? Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, that's a different sound. The answer is 16. Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't say starred. Jeez. Okay. I can't even look at IMDb. That's You thought this was... You, you know how we do this. No, I don't. Oh, well, now you know. Oh. What is your episode's theme song? Oh, shit. No, that wasn't my answer. (laughs) (laughs) And what is Oh, Shit by? (laughs) Oh, shit. Is it by the people who go, Oh, you cannot say that on YouTube. Yeah, you can. Have you ever seen iDubs? Watch iDubs. You can say whatever you want. Um, I don't know. Do you remember the song? No, the only thing playing in my head is Jump by Van Halen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're never going to have the rights to that. Okay, here's the song. I remember the song. I don't know the title. Oh, shit. That's all you get. Did you get the rights to that? Did you talk to Pendulum? That's not Pendulum. Sounds just like Rue, who is it? It is final. Final? Finale? Oh, finale. (laughs) Fin ale. Fin ale. (laughs) Bye. I don't know how to say that. Try it. Um, ma- Mad? Madden. Madden? Okay. No, it's Maddie. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> you led me down the rabbit hole of the wrong one. Okay, question five. How many Shaq Fu titles has Shaq created? Created or released and published, Mr. Buttface. You're going to pull some of that on me. These are both released. They're both released? Well, there's multiple flavors, so that's a mislead. <laughs> are you thought, oh, so like the Arizona flavors? Is that right? Something like that, sure. No, Shaq no. Fu. I know what Shaq Fu is. Can you do Shaq Fu? I can. Yes, the video game. Like, we're talking about the video game. Yeah. I only thought there was one. I didn't know there was another one. Two. You said both. I did give it away. Oh, yay! <laughs> he did give it but away. But here's the rub. There's only one video game. Really? Shaq Fu 2 is a music album. What this shit? <laughs> it's called <laughs> Return of Shaq Fu. So is it like Wu-Tang Clan? I don't know. Is it's that- Shaq. Does it matter? You know, actually, Shaq is buying Radio Shack. He's going to sell electronic sports equipment. <laughs> yes. He's going to change the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's question, question What police department does Shaq work for? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, the police department. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, uh, you gotta tell me what it is. Oh, Clay- Clayton County, Georgia. Oh, County. Okay, I'm glad. All right, question seven Who provided original guitar music for your special episode? No, guys, I don't know people. Special. You know this person, though. Mm. Hold on, don't press that key yet. Time's up. You need to guess. Uh, Roger Rabbit. You were close. It was Sid Stout. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's just, holy crap. Old times. Okay. What fur, famous for his love of spots, appeared in your special episode? Spotted leopard, you or spotted son of a bitch. God did not appear in your episode. No, that's not really. I'm not buzzing you for real. No, it's um because I used to follow his Twitter. I don't anymore. I don't know why. I didn't find it or something. Was it? Okay, now I'm really gonna buzz you. <laughs> it's Haku Panther. Yeah. Yep. Question nine. What is the name of the highly rated movie featuring Shaq as a genie? This is an easy one. Shazam. Uh, it was Kazam. Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, no. it was Kazam. <laughs> I thought it was Shazam too. I wonder if he's going to sell copies of that at Radio Shack. Is it really Kazam? Yes. Because I'm not thinking that's what it was called. I actually looked it up today to check because I thought it was also Shazam. Sure. Okay. What year... This is question number 10. What year did Shaq miss his 5,000 um, free throw? 1923. 
<gasps> you are you serious? No. Oh. It's two thousand eight. Okay, cool. You stopped caring. Sports ball. <laughs> and now it's time for our super bonus sellout questions. This is where Patreon people, like Oaken when you need it fast, can put in questions to torture you for bonus points. So how much is a bonus point? They're just imaginary points for just a different kind. They're not imaginary. They don't take away his negative points because he has negative 10. I don't care. No, he has, I'm still he has cool. negative 9. Oh, he has negative yeah. 9? Oh, yeah. he got 1. Okay, so ask the first question. Oh, yes. For our super There's three serious... Bonus sellout question. What is the name of the font used in the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons second edition? The guide that is also used in the logo of the hit 2016 Netflix TV show Stranger Things. I'm glaring at you through the webcam right now. Um, Oaken. I... Shit. Stephen King used it on so many of his novels, too. Mm, Bookman? Uh, Why not? I don't even know how to say that. Give it to me, Tugs. Um, Times New Roman. No. <laughs> no, it's fucking not. I don't know how to say it. Benguiat? Benguiat? Yeah, Benguiat. Why don't we just phone a friend? Oaken, hey, uh, calling you. Okay, question, super bonus question two. What year did Furry Muck release? Furry Muck? Yeah. Wasn't it like 1989? Oh, you were so close. <gasps> Ooh, that was so close. You should have just given it to me. Shit. Nope, sorry. It only counts <laughs> in horseshoes and hand grenades. Okay. In the 16th century Europe, traveling teams of players performed a form of improvisation theater to shock um, situations, characters, and dialogue known as what? This is multiple choice. So here come your choices. A, Circle D Improv. Oh, man. I can't say any of these. Do you want me to read them? No. B, no, you have the B is Commedia dell'arte. C is Whose Line Is It Anyway? D, Live from New York. It's Saturday night. Commedia dell'arte. Is that your final guess? Yes. You got a point. Cirque, Cirque de Improv, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's Comedia dell'Arte. Okay. Good job. See, you even, you're the first person since we sold bonus questions to actually get the correct, like the ding. Except awesome. it's the Soviet anthem. I'm also the first person in this room to pronounce Luc Besson properly. So. <laughs> I like Luc Besson. He's a good guy. <laughs> Luc Besson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've pulled the zipper down. It's time (laughs) for the mailbag. Today's mailbag is brought to you by the post office. So, emails, things. 
Okay. People First have one, stuff. It's from Lumio. It says, Hey guys, this is Lumio. Sorry for not emailing in recently due to parental droids. Well, even I'm strong on the fur because they have now stolen any tiny amount of privacy that I might have had. This is my throwaway email so I can keep up things like Telegram and other furry and chat room things secret because they all know my emails, handles, and passwords. I don't know how to close parentheses. That's awful. <laughs> but I'm doing fine. I can't wait to leave. Okay, I'm not doing that anymore. What should I do to combat my parents' decision to take away all my privacy and trying to ban me from all the things that make me happy? Also, I think all of you are amazing and I appreciate your support and time you put into the podcast and reading my horrible emails. Honestly, I want to give everyone hugs in the Telegram chat because everyone needs a hug and I need them too. Thanks for the help, guys. Can't wait till I move out and tell them that I'm, I'm a bicycle and won't have to deal with them treating me like I'm a completely different person and asking how I can like guys and that they must have raised me wrong and also telling me furries are all about sex with animals and suit and are all gay and if they were straight and married, they're cheating and the other BS people like that make up. Like I said earlier, I love this podcast. It is the bright and the darkness of the world that you guys are amazing. Anyways, GTG, hugs for all, and thanks for reading my email of ranting and worthlessness. This is Lumio. Hugs and fodder kisses to all. Awesome. Thanks for sending that in. I don't think it's awesome. but No, it's not awesome. Um, depending but... on how close you are to leaving, um, people would like you to stop playing Pokemon Go. Um, I'm not playing Pokemon uh, Go. Chat said. Um, depending on on uh, your age and so forth um tough it out which sucks because then you gotta go see a therapist or tell them that they are in love with an ideal per version of you that doesn't exist and pull their heads out there you go um eventually you're gonna have to um just tell them how it is you're gonna just have to be blunt and I hate to say this, but just put on your big boy pants and just tell it how it is. Because the more open that you are with them, hey, maybe they'll they'll do the same in return. And maybe it will backfire. But, you know, the, the, the thing is, and we've said this time and time again, if you're living underneath their wolf roof, then guess what? You're going to be living underneath their rules. So What if you're living under a wolf? Under a wolf. Mm. Well, some people are. Hmm. I don't know. What is your thoughts? Uh, it depends. I assume that everybody emailing you is over 18. Otherwise... I don't know. Um, I, our policy states that you should be 18. Okay. Well, if you're under 18, I was going to jokingly suggest uh, Department of Child and Family Services. However, I don't think you'd have much of a case. It was just a joke. Um, if you're old enough to move out... The easiest way to tell your family who you are and what you do is to move out first because you're beating them at what they may or may not do. Now, if, if you're relying on them for your livelihood, it's like Ruth said, you got to live under their rules. I guess it just, um, I guess your priorities are what matter. I, I would personally like to move back in with my parents, but they don't have their own place. I would, uh, it saves you a lot of money. I thought but that her teeth were dry too. Her teeth are quite dry. They're okay. like uh, beef jerky or some sh I don't know. <laughs> I know this. It's like a taffy puller. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Let's move on. Anyway, yes. Um, yeah, move out. Move the hell out. If they're not cool with it, move out. Uh, if you plan on telling them, be prepared for that outcome. If they're not, if they don't pull that shit, awesome. But your privacy is important. And, you know, you need to set your boundaries so that you can be secure and so that you can raise your, your own, you know, 
self-esteem because not having your own privacy and boundaries is going to kill your self-esteem. Skylos adds, life isn't without risk, or life without risk isn't lived. True. So this is next email is from Dark Juan. He said, ah, oh, Rue, I was listening back to old, um, old favorites and in season 14, episode 15, um, wait, season four, episode 15, you said, um, you missed getting personal emails. So I uh, sent you a few, um, I take it, took a few minutes and sent you one from the bottom of my heart. Um, you are one of my favorite cast members. Don't tell tugs that though. Oh, Although I miss Elliot, um, from what little I heard of him. Don't ever change. You make me smile every day. Thank you very much. Um, hearing you light up the room with your energy is as far um, better experience than I could get just playing any old music. Um, and I think I kind of have a crush on you. I don't know why I'm reading this. <laughs> um, pure, purely pa- um, platonic, though. I know you're happily made So it. he's friend crushing. Yeah. Um, feel free to read this on the next show. Can't wait to hear more. Dark one. Thank you so much for sending that in. That made my day when I read it. So appreciate it. Moving right along. We have D. D wrote two emails and Hay is going to take the reins. Do you want me to read both? Yes. Okay. D1. I'm very sorry to have heard about Koru's attempt on his own life. I quite understand that you declined to talk about the circumstances. It would not have been appropriate. I hope that he will not suffer any long-term medical issues because of whatever he did to himself. That's the last thing he needs at this point. I understand that you are upset by nearly losing your friend and very capable and very capable soundboard operator. You have every business being angry with him, although confronting him would probably not be helpful at this point. But please don't blame yourselves for, for his actions. Whatever drove him this far, it was a pain. His, it was his pain, his decision, not yours. I know that you did your best for him. Whatever you could do, you could do at the time, practically speaking. I know that you will do your best for him. As the aftermath continues, you are good people. Please tell Koru that I sent greetings and hope he's better soon. If he remembers me, I will be from previous emails. If not, add my wishes to the rest. D. Um, do you want to talk on that, on that one first? Or go on? um, it's a short one, so go ahead and keep going. Uh, D2. Before I forget yet again, I keep thinking I need to write this and then putting it off because I'm doing something else than forgetting. I'm writing to thank you for including my story in your Halloween episode. I hope Tugs enjoyed being killed off. Thanks also to Barnaby for reading my story. He did a fine job. I wish I'd realized that I was supposed to read read it myself. Sorry. And compliments to Mfalfalan. Mfalme. Mfalme. Okay. Um, Rive the Rat. I think it's Rive. Rive the Rat. Rifka Fox. Joshua Dillon. Smokescale. Kuragari Inukin. Skylos. Lost Panda and Aussie Cat. Your stories were great. Or all great. Uh, best wishes and plenty of luck, D. Awesome. Thank you, D, for sending that in. We put a lot of time and a lot of effort into that particular episode, and we could not have done it without our amazing viewers in our Telegram chat. 
um, individuals. So thank you for everybody that stepped up for that episode. It was awesome. Um, as far as um, the core stuff, it's not really stuff, but uh, thank you for sending those kind words in. It was a very dark moment for you, Tugs. Mm -hmm. All right. Next, and I think last email, Snares. Snares says, Greetings, Rue, Tugs, Koru, and any special guest present with a permit. Are you, do you have a permit? I, I never have a permit. Okay. I had recently tuned in to the special release and hope that when you read this email, Koru would be in a better state and that everyone has managed towards restoring a sense of safety and normalcy in their lives. 2016 has been a ridiculous mess, to say the least. Since my last email for the episode on Toxic Parents, Season 5, Episode 15, I Saved You the Trouble, I've made the difficult decision to leave home and find my own way in life. It's been about five months now, and I'm still fighting the good fight. In these times, it seems more apt than ever to focus on the positive and be thankful for the good that has happened in our lives. For this gratitude episode, the one thing I've been most thankful of, particularly for the past three years, has been my inner circle of friends and support network. When I first started dating, I wasn't out to anyone, had no relationship role models, let alone any friends to talk to. Most of my life decisions then had been governed by fear, fear of loneliness, fear of abandonment, and fear of failure. It wasn't until three years back, after the breakup of my nine-year relationship, that I started to reconnect with familiar faces and discover new ones, who would later form the basis of my post-breakup support group, aka Lonely Hearts Club. Their positivity and wisdom had helped them tremendously over the initial years, guiding me out of a very dark and deep spiral. While we may all be busy with our own lives and struggles, we do our best to make time for each other when in need. Wishing you all a smooth sailing new year. Take care. Be well. And that is all. Thank you, Snares. I'm I'm glad that you have a good support network out there. That's that's a very important thing to have in crisis. Um, and yeah, no, like we said earlier, Koru is is doing better. Long road ahead, but doing better. Anything else? Is that it? Um, we do have an email that was sent to us, but we will save that for next time, and that's Moss. Oh, speaking of, unless we have time. No, uh, we are we actually almost out. Okay, then we will save your email that you sent in for next time. Okay, and. Have you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the look on your face is precious <laughs> it's, it's right now. It's just amazing. He's like shifting his eyes back and forth. <laughs> Do you like, recognize it? No. <laughs> I have to actually tell everybody. So this is Motel 6. Well, I know the song. Yeah. Yeah. Housekeeping. Okay. Hotels housekeeping. I thought you asked. I thought you were talking no, about no. the whole sound bite. Do no, I remember no, 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 that? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, but so, I did ask Tom Bodet if he would do something for us. He hasn't replied yet. I don't think he's going to, but I did reach uh, out to him. So yeah. housekeeping stuff. So that means that social media, we love hearing from you on our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube now. Google Plus. Google Plus. We don't have YouTube normally. It's just a special occasion. Yeah. Um, and and our show site. And the show site. Yes. And then Telegram. Go ahead, Tugs. If you like talking to idiots all night, named <laughs> Ruin Tugs, go to Telegram. Telegram, the choice of furries for chat since AOLAM died and Trillian was not maintained. And Yahoo Instant Messenger. And 
and and and and. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I think what we all should do is move to ICQ. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Telegram. So we have a very important housekeeping thing that's coming up, and we need to make sure that we have enough stories for our gratitude episode. This um, this episode relies heavily on your audio files and also your emails so if you could please send us an audio file of why you are and like what are you grateful for what is it that happened to you in 2016 that you're happy about what are you grateful for it doesn't have to be this year it can be anything i don't know tugs what do you think what other things do you want to hear um, I'm sorry, I got distracted by people arguing about ICQ. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know what, I, it's just a protest. I'm so over greed, like, go buy stuff all the time for everybody, because you gotta do it, because it's a pagan festival. I don't know why this voice is my voice this time. There's a pagan <laughs> festival that Constantine said is illegal. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Take some time and be grateful. Um, anything you're grateful for. Sometimes, I found for me, it's been the little things this year. Um, not the big things. Um, so even little things count. We do this episode every year because we feel like that it's a it's an important thing to remember to be grateful for what you have. So also, Skylos Trillion hasn't really had a major release. They get maintenance, but that's different. Just saying, I'm mad because I have a Trillion lifetime key. <laughs> oh, you know, it'd be nice if they added networks I want to use. I miss Colloquy, but I don't like Mac products, so I can't really... Use, uh, not Colloquy, um, Adium. Adium was I thought really that good. was Pigeon. Pigeon is uh, Linux, but they oh. also have a, have a client for Windows. Well, we also want to extend a thank you for to Firebreath, um, Koru, Mr. Amazing Editor Tugs over here, and... Um, and YouTuber now. And YouTuber, and all of our other cast members that that participate in the show. Thanks to everyone who watched us live, and uh, I'm glad that we didn't make your ears go uh, blown out more than twice. And I want to extend a special thanks to Mr. Um, Hayrider over here for coming out here on only four hours of sleep. No problem. How's it's that becoming coffee? it's becoming normal. Um, I don't know. I drank I drank the whole thing in like five seconds. So that's why you have to keep taking breaks. No, no, it's the water. Oh, Rue, you didn't read my special name for the next episode. Oh, what's the special thing? It's potatoes all gratitude. Oh yeah, that's, that's the next episode. That's cute. That's a dad joke. I love it. <laughs> in fact, you know what I'm going to do before we sign off? I'm going to tell a dad joke. Well, while you're looking up the, your little joke, so how do how do people get a hold of you? Uh, Telegram. Telegram? Or for Affinity. So what's your Telegram handle? We are going to be added to the Telegram chat right now. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. So people can say hello to you. Okay. It's uh, at Hayrider. That's pretty much it. Um, so message him. Start role-playing with him. It gets weird. I'm warning you. It gets weird. <laughs> you ready? Um and what was your other question? Oh yeah, fur affinity is the other way to get a hold of me. No uh, one around here believes in fur affinity, but say it anyway. Furaffinity.net forward slash user forward slash hayride. That's just where my art goes. It's naughty. It's not not naughty. It's it is K N O T naughty? Yeah, with with a K. Okay. 
Here's the. Are you ready? This is. Yes, this we're is, we're is, we're ready. Good. Why does Santa have such a? I don't think anybody heard that with Why the drum roll. Why does Santa have such a big penis? Why does Santa have such a big penis? Because he only comes once a year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I want to go done. eat a McRib now. I, I, I'm done. I'm done. The McRib is out. Really? Are you yeah. shitting me? I'm Let's go g- get McRibs. <gasps> Are you a McRib lover? I love Let's go get it right after the episode. No, I have to start my laundry first. All right. Oh well, God. this has been Rue. This is Tugs. My name's Hayrider. And you're listening to... Wait. For... This, is ha- this has been... Oh. What? And you're listening to... This isn't the opening. <laughs> this has been... Yeah. You've been listening to... You've been listening to... Your mom. In bed. <laughs> with a cookie. Worth. <laughs> okay, okay, we're going to do this again. All right, here we go. And you're listening to For, For what, what It's, it's worth. worth. Damn it. <laughs>